I am not against learning experiences or the notions of missions. The short-term missions, or STMs, that came to my friend's environment came with great intentions and did many good things. Lives were changed for the better, and suburban white youth saw the devastating effects of poverty, redlining, and gentrification. No one from that suburban church entered the urban area with white hoods on their heads or swastikas on their arms. In other words, no one came with outright intense racism. I believe the experiential learning model, which most millennials thrive on, is a vital and much needed process. Further, I stand with the idea that learning needs to take place on site while engaging the issues, specifically in domestic settings. It is important to go to the urban context and learn about those issues, injustices and increasing inequality within the urban postal context. But those who go must know their own culture and understand their own ethnic heritage as it relates to the area they are visiting. Jesus was not a short termer when it came to relationships. I have yet to see where Jesus's ministry exhibited a short vision or a limited amount of investment in people, things or places. Jesus took time. He understood the complexity of human life, behavior, interactions, and psyche. How many of us would walk with a person we knew would betray us? Jesus did. Day by day, he invested in others and built relationships, even with those who would hurt him. This is where the real work of missiology is. Jesus knew this, and so did the early churches. They tarried long with people and were not burdened with the Western construct of time management, numbers, and results. The goal is laid out in the Great Commission to point people to Christ and his teachings. Y'all, I've been reading an excerpt from my latest book, Homeland Insecurity, a hip-hop missiology for the post-civil rights context. My name's Daniel White-Hodge, and I am the host of Profane Faith Podcast. If you're interested and you want to hear more, go to whitehodge.com. That's whitehodge.com or whitehodgepodcast.com. And check out the links to Homeland Insecurity for more information. You ready for this, though? Come on, let's get in it. He said, in there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations. I think she's a liar and I think she deserves mockery. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. Black lives are very important. White lives are very important. And to me, all lives are very important. Very, very important. Damn! This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. I'm your host, your boy, Daniel Whitehodge. What's going on, y'all? Hey, good people out there in the podcast land of profane faith. What is happening to y'all? What is going on? Y'all doing all right? All right. All right. That's good. That's good. Well, it's another week, another place, another time, another space and being. Man, y'all, that Nipsey hustle, man, that Nipsey, that... That one got me, y'all. That one got me. Um, I had tried to organize a special issue this week on, on Nipsey. Unfortunately, I just I the folks that I wanted to interview and talk with uh, just didn't have the time, you know, because um, I, I came up with it just last minute. So that's nothing on them. That was all on me just for, you know, having a last minute idea. It's like, hey, can we get together? 
and uh, folks just couldn't. But I'm working on that. I think uh, Nipsey presented a an interesting pathway to what hip hop could look like when you're involved in the community. And it's an interesting yet suspicious way in which he died. Um, many of you, I'm sure, listening know that Nipsey was doing a documentary on the the late Dr. Sebi, as, uh, also known as Alfredo Bowman, or some people know him as Alfredo Bowman or, or Dr. Sebi, who was a, an unlicensed physician who in the late 80s claimed to uh, have cured AIDS. And um, a lot of people believe, especially in the African-American community, that, you know, this brother was taken out, you know, uh, because he stood to take out profits from uh, multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, health care companies and whatnot and, and pharmaceuticals and whatnot. So. Um, he was doing a documentary on this brother and a lot of people felt like, you know, Nipsey's death was as a result of that. So whether you believe that or not, um, it, it really the point is, is that yet again, we lose another person that was gr- doing great for the community, was working in the community, was working with people that are there. Um, um, I get, you know, no one is perfect. No, no one is myself. No one on this earth is perfect. All of us have some, some skeletons in the closet. No one is, you know, super woke that you know, you're just like some woke, you know, left progressive fundamentalist or whatnot. I, you know, everybody has their issues. My point being though, is that with Nipsey and with what was happening, it presented a, a, a sense of hope. For a lot of people Now I'm not going to lie I really didn't hear about Nipsey Until uh, a few years back um, And really started listening to, to what he had to say And what he was doing Over the last year or so And so this death Kind of came as A major surprise And it just It takes the wind Out of your sails um, Yeah it, it does It takes the wind Out of your sails Because I Well at least for me It does I, don't, I, I ain't going to Tell everybody It's just for me It does Because you know You look up And you think Alright all right, at least this person's got some, okay, we got some good stuff. Okay, this is going on here. But it feels like oftentimes, particularly in the black community, that we don't have anything that has been sustained in in terms of advancement in our black community. Yes, there are individuals. Yes, there are the Oprahs. Yes, there are the Michael Jordans. Yes, there are the, the celebrity folks that individually have collective means of wealth and are able to utilize kind of the bootstrap narrative and you know politics of respectability in, in such a way that you know most of us buy into a narrative uh including myself to 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 a certain degree that you know everyone can make it and that we are somehow better off because of their contributions to society blah 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 blah. don't get me wrong i'm you know nipsey hustle was quote-unquote a celebrity as well i think in saying all that though is that when I think about the collective movement of black people, black, the black economy, black significance, black worth, it, that has always, always been met in this country with resistance, with fear, with violence. Um, it's been said before, right? You know, you can't talk about the black experience without involving the CIA or the FBI or law enforcement or some some notion of that. So I am disturbed and continually disturbed about just where black progress is currently um yeah um and so this yeah that was just just the wind out of the sails man and you know couple that with just an interesting week uh at work and just trying to deal with fools who say they get it don't 
um, yeah, yeah, it made for made for an interesting week this last week. Um, so I'm working on a special issue. I don't want to give away all the goodies on that. I definitely want to uh, uh, talk about brother brother Nipsey and his contributions uh, to not just hip hop, but uh, to also sociotheological uh, connections. And um, for those of you you know who know my work, you know I've you know, done a lot looking at the hip hop you know sociotheological community and how they aspire and how they um, you know. Uh, wrestle with faith and evil and good and all those good things so um yeah man that's uh that was that that's that was a loss major loss major 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 loss um well this week i have an amazing conversation and hopefully you enjoyed last week's conversation with brother Ephraim smith um i know i got some good uh, messages from that and some good retweets and so hopefully y'all had uh, you enjoyed that. If you haven't, of course, as always, whitehodgepodcast.com. You can go back and catch up on any episode. And as you know, we are on Spotify as well. So if you are an avid listener, give a brother a follow on uh, Spotify. It would help out a lot. Um, and listener base is growing, and I continue to appreciate all the uh, solid affirmations and just where people feel you know say that this podcast is reaching them and i'm continually blown away by by that um and just because you know just i'm just a cat in in my own basement my own uh, uh created you know studio environment so i am very thankful to you guys and well to you all um who have supported me and continue to give feedback and email so thank you seriously thank you very much i do i appreciate that um this week y'all oh my goodness i'm having a conversation with andy and Gigi, the two women from roommates of rage podcast now i've mentioned that on the show here before uh, this is a uh, show that I am currently producing uh, through White Hodge Podcast, and they are amazing. And I figured, you know what? Let's give each other some publicity. And uh, they were already recording a couple of podcasts uh, today that I, we were recording here in the studios. And I said, you know what? Let's just let's record an episode for Profane Faith and, you know, connect because they have a lot of great things to say. And one of the things I admire about both of them is that a, as black women, they are putting forth a significant effort to, one, better the world around them, two, critically interrogate the material that's coming at them on a daily basis, and three, they don't take no shit. <laughs> so, that, I love it. I love it. I love it. And so, you're going to hear in this interview here in a few minutes um, just how deep we got and, you know, just the nuances and connections. Here's the thing I want y'all to pay attention to, especially those of you who are really over the age of 35 and especially over the age of 45 and involved in any kind of faith-based environment. This is what I want y'all to, to, to pay attention to. Um, these are young Gen Z, right in the middle between Gen Z and, 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 and millennial uh, uh, black sisters that are that have some interesting, have some very, not interesting, but have some very important views on faith, church, uh, their, their, their upbringing in the church and their viewpoints are aligning a lot with the current research that I'm involved in looking at black and multi-ethnic faith and theological aspirations, um, particularly those born after the year 2000. Now, both these women were born close to the year 2000 um, and grew up and came of age during the the, the era of social media and YouTube and, and whatnot. And so their perspectives are 
extremely important. Um, I'm working on a, a special issue right now uh, titled The Kids Are All Right. Um, looking at, I've interviewed about six or seven um, of, of, of folks in this age group, within this age group, between 18 and 28, um, and just asking them, what do they think about God? What do they think about the church? What do they think about faith? Um, and just getting a multiple perspectives. And this is from people around the world. So this isn't just, isn't just in Chicago. This is, isn't just in the United States. Um, so I'm going to present that hopefully here at the end of season three, uh, as you, if you notice, you know, I'm getting near, you know, usually every season has about between 22 and 25, <clears throat> excuse me, episodes. So, um, getting near the end of season three here and, uh, whatnot. So I'm, I'm hope I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have this thing ready, uh, for y'all to check out. So, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a great conversation and I'm particularly interested to hear from folks who are again, engaged with that age, that demographic 18 to 28, um, and what they think, uh, particularly as it pertains to, again, faith and church. Um, I think that a lot of the studies out there, well, I don't think I know a lot of the studies out there, they don't include voices like this. Uh, most of the millennial studies, you know, deal with white, you know, suburban, affluent uh, young people. And so uh, that continues to just enrage me, piss me off. So which is why as a researcher, I am continually working on that age demographic and particularly looking at people of color. Um, and I'm currently working on a research project with uh, uh, a couple of other individuals. We got IRB approval last year. And so we are underway and working with that and, you know, trying to seek funding. So if you know anybody who got funding out there, Holla back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Research ain't cheap. So, um, yeah, this this will be good. So, without any further ado, uh, real quick introduction, because this conversation that I have with uh, Gigi and Angie, or Andy, excuse me, um, are is, is amazing. As always, I'll put these show links in the show notes, whitehouchpodcast.com. Check a brother out there, because there's all kind of great links there. Every episode has some in it, so go and check them out. See what you think. And as always, holla back at your boy. Check this conversation out. Let me know what you think. All right. All right. We are recording. Here we go. Well, folks, welcome back to another episode of Profane Faith. And today in the lab, I have with me two amazing women who just recorded two amazing podcasts on Roommates of Rage. Is that correct, ladies? That's the I got the title right, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so I've got Andy and I've got Gigi here. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for, Thanks having, for us. having us. This yeah. is good. I've been trying to promote this podcast. I think it's amazing. I think it's exactly what is needed out right now. I enjoy listening to all of your episodes and then going back and editing them. Would you tell me to take out stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, things that we never take out. Yeah. Right? We just say cringy stuff. We cringy. Really, we gotta get it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> really cringy stuff. A little problematic sometimes. Oh <laughs> man. Well, so on the show, I one of the questions, one of the few questions I ask, the one of the one of the few reoccurring questions I ask is, what has been your life from birth to now? What's been going on? Damn, that's a deep question. That's so deep. <laughs> Come on. What has been your life from birth to now? Birth to now. Whew. What uh, what's been what's been happening? I'm sure a few things. Well, I was born a little while ago. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um I was I was born in born on the south side of Chicago. All right. All right. Um, Native. Mhm. And 
Yep. And then I, then I went, so I went to school on the South Side and then my family randomly moved to like Indiana mm-hmm. and like we moved to like Fort Wayne, Indiana, where they like make white people and it was a culture shock. <laughs> this is true. Fort Wayne. This, is, that is where they make white people for the Midwest. Like you think it's somewhere else. No, it's Fort Wayne, Indiana. It was Fort Wayne. Okay. That's where they make them and then they just distribute them all over okay. the Midwest. All right. All right. But, um, it's like reverse us shit, you know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. That's right. Our but brother has to see I hope y'all yet. have seen us by now though. Oh, right, you gotta see us. I know, I know. It's, here's the thing. I haven't I need to go see it first before because my daughter wants to see it, but I was like, I gotta go see it and check it out before I go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we're still on PG thirteen, so mm-hmm. that's where we're at. So that's what's been holding me up. But I'm going, I'm going, I promise. It's good. It's, it's good. Okay. Um, oh, so yeah. So, yep. Fort Wayne, Indiana, where white folks Indiana, are made. Where white folks are made. Um, it changed the course of like who I was as a person. Um, started listening to a lot more Hannah Montana. And <laughs> a lot less crime mob. <laughs> That's where that comes from. You know, you know, actually, me listening to Hannah Montana doesn't come from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Me listening to Hannah Montana, I used to... So, I used to have this thing where like... Um, after I came back from Fort Wayne, Indiana, like everyone said that I talked weird. Everyone said that I talked huh. white and that I was like, I acted white and everything. <laughs> and I had this one friend uh-huh. when I was in school and I'll never forget her. Her name was Destiny and she was black and she loved Hannah Montana. And I just thought it was so cool that she could be like black and like hmm. love this white country singer. <laughs> so I was like, I like Hannah Montana too, like whispering. <laughs> and she's like, oh girl, I love her. Like she was like so unapologetically like, I love Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. And so that, re- that really opened up my eyes way more than when I was in Indiana. Like when mm-hmm. I was in Indiana, like I liked the things that everyone else liked, which was like this weird cross between Indian pop music. Mm-hmm. It was around the time where there's this band. It's called the Ready Set. They're called the Ready Set. Um, he 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 blew up with this song called Love Like Whoa, and he was from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So <laughs> that's all we listened to on replay. Like so. Um, but yeah, she taught me this black girl on South Side of Chicago taught me that I could love Hannah Montana. Um, also and also still be black. So I think that's a message that I've carried with me my entire life, like from birth until now, like. I can love all of the things that hmm. I love and still maintain my blackness and not have it altered in any way and just like sprout a new type of growth of a different black person. Like hmm. not not saying like all black people are the same, but like that's the thing. No black person is the mm-hmm. same. Like we are all completely different and we have different like we have different everything besides genetic makeup. So hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um I think I think that's just like what I've taken with me from birth until now. And so like now I'm just like writing, trying to figure out like what it is that I want to do. But I'm I'm thinking that like just something that I've always been true to is writing. I love to write films and TV. All right. All right. That's what's up. (laughs) Gigi, what about you? Yeah. Um. So birth until now. (laughs) Um. I'm like in the middle of like millennial stage and then like gen z stage so like for a while we kept hearing like millennials this millennials that now it's like Mm -hmm. gen z's this oh yeah no they're taking over yeah so like i'm like confused as a person Mm -hmm. and like as a as a yeah as a being (laughs) so i'm like in between those generations but um i so i'm originally from baltimore 
Um, and then when I was like 10, my dad um, moved us to West Virginia. Hmm. Um, so we're talking about where they make white people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like not only where they make white people, but like that's where like white people like settled <laughs> so <laughs> like very true so um i think i got you beat by yeah that. but like okay. um yeah yeah Absolutely. so like talk about like like race um and like where like the passion or like just like my embodied experience as like a black person and as like a black girl um was really interesting like coming from like you know city and then going into like rural like country is just like really interesting hmm. and just like um like we were all poor in West Virginia but then also like we like there was like racial there were racial dynamics to that too so like being in school and like being like you know the black girl in the class whatever mm -hmm. whatever um was just like it was really it was traumatic but then also like um, when I went to college, I went to college for like a couple years in West Virginia. Um, and like I did some organizing like with black people because it was a lot of black people that went to my school, even mm -hmm. though it was like pre still predominantly like white, mm -hmm. still like a PWI. Um, we had black people come for like the athletic department, so I was like organizing um black people there, and hmm. that was something that like I found out that I was like really wanted to do and I was in school to be a teacher and so like even just like having that um understanding of like what it's like to be the black girl in the classroom mm -hmm. um and like those encounters like racially um kind of like drew up a passion for me to like be a teacher um and to actually make um uh, make our understanding of education like to critique the institution of education mm -hmm. um and like how shitty it is but then also like hmm. to make use of that and how powerful that institution is um that's something that like i drew up a passion for and then also organizing which um my second year of college i moved to chicago um like three years ago and um i just woke up one day and was like i want to go to chicago and so I really to, like yeah, that huh yeah yeah okay <laughs> I, I went to chicago um i spent um i had an interest in theology and bible so like i spent a semester at moody because <laughs> i thought out of here I, thought I was getting free college yeah but they tricked my ass and was like no you gotta pay out of pocket you don't even get federal funding and so like they didn't even let the government pay for my education so i dropped out also they were like hella racist as y'all know mm -hmm. and so um yeah i dropped out um and <laughs> i went to harold for a couple of years that's where i met andy hi or i went to harold for like a year yeah i was, I was wondering where y'all met yeah we met up at at harold okay um moody i had no idea yeah i spent <laughs> like a semester that's the <laughs> i don't know what i would do if i was still there oh yeah I, honestly I, I probably i couldn't see myself like staying there so it's not free because i always heard it was free nah, that's, what, that's how they, they get... lied they lie to black people bro like they don't even let the government pay for your education. Damn. Well, it was like that when I was there. I don't know how it is now. They probably receive federal funding now because they're like, you know, they're 
portraying this narrative that they're like poor or something which i'm like how are you racist and poor like it's just yeah hey it happens <laughs> that is true that is true like i lived in west virginia so i've seen hey <laughs> but like <laughs> but yeah so yeah and so now i'm still <laughs> i'm still in school <laughs> 10 years later okay. and um like trying to become a teacher and um All right. yeah I'm in school to be a high school English teacher. So, yeah, I I grew up in church. Um, I grew up, uh, my dad is a pastor. Okay. And so, like, I did, I did grow up in church. Um, I don't, like, there have been some experiences where I've, like, had some really bad experiences with church. And, like, um, I've, like, experienced a lot of hurt. And so, like, my relationship with church now is, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, but um, I think I'm coming to a place of, like, trying to, like, heal from that right now. So, but, yeah, that has been my life from time of listening man born until now well let me ask y'all both something then this is this is fascinating this is mm. good stuff I, I didn't know about either one of y'all so well let me start by this if you don't mind sharing how what what's what are y'all age you say gen z and between gen z and millennials <laughs> and stuff what where, where are y'all at in the age range right now when were y'all born i was born in 1997 okay. so technically i'm a gen z kid okay but I'm still a millennial, I feel like. Okay. Like, I feel like it's a weird, like, I'm on the cusp of, yeah. like, it's Gen true. Z and millennial. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was born in 96. I'm 22. Um, so, yeah. I don't <laughs> know. I don't get Gigi's it. Gigi's a millennial. I definitely, but I'm also an old soul. So. <laughs> okay. I identify more with millennials mm -hmm. because I'm like, Triller? What is Triller? And I'm Love like, Triller. And I'm like, TikTok. I'm like, what are all I these things? I know TikTok. I don't know Triller. I'm like, what are all thing. these things okay. that all the kids are coming out with? Blah, blah, blah. But like, I also don't use Twitter. Like, I, it's just a lot of things that I'm just like, I'm not with the time. So, <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this, so this, so this is, a, this is a good, really good, good place to start then. So growing up then in this area, I mean, y'all pretty much came up at the same time as social media mm -hmm. and things yeah. just blowing up as it is now. So. There's a lot of research out there that says, you know, y'all are supposed to be the ones that are like walking away from the church and all this stuff. But I'd be curious, where, where'd you at spiritually? Where'd you at theologically? Where would you, um, and please, by all means, be open. Like I said, there's no, this is, this is not a trick question. I'm not going to do you like Moody did you. I ain't going to, you know, I ain't going to, it's just not a, a, a one way, you know, like, uh huh, I got to track. In fact, the Jehovah's Witnesses just came over. That was the doorbell a little while ago. Oh. <laughs> they, they got a, they got a, they got something going on. But, um, yeah, I'd be curious to know. I mean, you know, where, what's, what's going on? You said your dad's a pastor. I, what's up? So actually, I was also raised up in church. So funny. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, I forgot to say that. So my uncle was the pastor of our church, okay. and before that, we went to like a bigger church where we were like family friends with the pastor and the whole pastor's family. So we were like, we've always been. My family has always been like, at least on my dad's side, has always been like really integrated. Mm -hmm. And on my mom's side, my grandmother, my great grandmother, is literally a singer. Like she's a gospel singer. She's a part of this group. Damn called, near the Clark sisters. They're called the Barrett sisters. <laughs> what? Yeah. The Bar yeah, the Barrett sisters. No, you're not the Barrett sisters. <laughs> 
Come on now. That's my great grandma and my great aunt. Oh yeah, so I've had it on both sides, like super Damn. heavy. Yeah, no, it was crazy. So like I grew up, like I was an usher, like it was crazy. <laughs> uh, um, okay, shoot. Yeah, and so my between like my uncle and like my great aunts and my great grandma, like I've always just been like told like. Like, this is, like, what you are, and you're this way because I'm this way. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's always been, like, I'm Christ- you're Christian because your grandma's Christian. You're Christian because your grandpa's Christian, right? And so, I feel like after being told that for, like, so long, mm-hmm. that it's, like, um, that I just, like, believed it, like, without, like, even thinking about it. Like, even now, like, I feel like where I am now, it's, like, I feel like I'm spiritual, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know if I'm necessarily tied to a religion. But, like, I also find myself, like, when times get hard, like, I do the thing that my grandmother told me to do, mm-hmm. which is, like, pray or, like, reach out, you know, touch somebody. Stuff like that. <laughs> so I, got you. I, I got you. So I don't really, like, have, like, a specific, like, I don't know, like, where I am really, but I know that I feel things, like, in the universe, like when the universe is like moving or like shifting, like I like things like astrology and like things like that are like considered like like damn near like demonic and like and yeah. like mm-hmm. satanic and like mm-hmm. it's like bad and it's and I don't think that at all because like there's literally astrology in the Bible, like what the three mm-hmm. wise men was following stars. That's mm-hmm. astrology. So come on, theologian. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not all that, but but like yeah, so I feel like I feel I think the best way that describes like how I feel like spirit like spiritually is like how Seely kind of feels like in the color purple. Like mm-hmm. when Shug Avery when she says, I think it pisses God off when you walk past um the color purple and don't notice it. Like mm-hmm. I feel like God is like everywhere and like religion and like it's like I feel like it's it's he's she's in everything. Yeah. And she is. Oh, okay. She, she switched it up. I like that. Yeah. yeah all right. Come on. She, it's she. I feel like she's in. She's everywhere. We can talk about theology of they them pronouns as well. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. God They're has, everywhere. God has they them pronouns. So how has the family reacted? Well, let me let me go before I even get there. What about you, Gigi? What you you said? Father's a pastor. Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my dad is a is a is a preacher. Um, he started a church in Baltimore. I told you I lived in Baltimore for a while, and he actually started a church in East Baltimore, which was at a community center. It was like twenty of us, and like basically, like people literally like who was like recuperating recuperating and rehabilitating from drugs, like hmm. literally like not like I know what it, what the stages are of like. Um, like addicts and, and, and things like that, like not even not being in close proximity to it, but like being in close proximity to it with like, um, like the church that my dad has started. Um, but then, uh, I think like moving to West Virginia, um, I got the Southern mm. like country, like understanding of church mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then also, um, I am a worship leader. And so I led, when I moved to Chicago, I led, um, at a church, um, and it's called Church on the Block. <laughs> it's a little church, um, on Laramie and Ferdinand. And so, um, it was, that was where I learned how justice and, um, how church can be a space that is um 
where justice is at the center, right? Mm-hmm. And um, how, like, God is a God of justice um, and how they, if you don't believe that, then, like, I don't know, like, that's not the God that I, I believe in. And so that's where I learned that. And then some things happened, some misogynistic mm-hmm. um, hmm. injustices happened where I was actually fired and Damn. yeah, I've never told this story like on a public pa- platform, but yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I was actually fired. Um, and the pastor has an issue with like black women in leadership or just women in leadership, blah blah blah. Um, and so, um, yeah, and then I did it again, like for a job, like I led or I actually played for a church. At, um, like just for a job to pay my rent mm-hmm. and actually got got fired again. And so um I think there is a lot of like pain and a lot of hurt mm-hmm. um yeah. from that. I've like been in stages where I've like questioned God um and I've like, you know, not even really had like lost hope and lost faith. Um and I've had to have this discussion with my family. I've had to like, you know, talk to my dad where he's like, you know, cuz like there's the old person like old school like church sayings mm-hmm. and, and like trust god and like mm-hmm. be strong and like we find strength in god we don't question yes. god yes. blah 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 mm-hmm. um and of course that's like my dad is 50 years old and like that's what he he told me and so like um that's something that like even now like when i go home i like it's it's hard because like all of my family is like very much so like church folk like uh-huh. <laughs> they are like real like you know church folk country folk and those are some things that like I feel like I've I value and like I I I like I know that I could go to them for like wisdom and I know that I could go to them for like prayer when I can't even like there have been times where like I can't pray or like I've been so bitter with God like I can't even like do it or like find myself to like even believe that it's, it's going to like happen like that this that he's going to like or they're going to come through for me and so like I think that there's value in that but then also like I've had to have really hard conversations like being in that stage where um I didn't really have that much faith or like didn't go to church or whatever whatever so yeah I don't know Right hmm. now, I feel like I've done a lot of healing and I've done a lot. Of, there's been a lot of opportunities for restoration um, just because of like community and like people of faith who hold who have helped me in that, um, which I'm really grateful for. But, um, yeah, that's deep. This is deep. This is deep. <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean, well, so let me let me take it a step further, because I, I, on your podcast, y'all mm-hmm. talk about relationships and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And so there's there's a whole <laughs> area of study in particularly um, more progressive circles, but in, but particularly with women of color, uh, womanism that talks a lot about body shaming and purity culture. I, mean, I don't know if y'all are either familiar with that, but the point is, how do y'all navigate that? Because, you know, in Christian circles, particularly black Christian circles, mm-hmm. the woman's body is, is really, you know, it's, it's, it's micromanaged to death. 
women mm-hmm. should do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you should only date this person. You should you know, be don't be unequally yoked. Uh, mm. You know, sex before marriage. I mean, all those things. I ain't trying to get up all in your business, but my point is, is I, I'm, I'm trying to ask, how do you navigate some of those narratives that have been put out there? For particularly women, you talked about it. You know, this person saying, "I don't, want, I don't want to have you know women in the in the in the church." So you, know, you got fired. I mean, so and that's a real thing. I mean, in the black church, eighty plus percent of membership is from African American women, yet they occupy less than three percent of leadership. So mm-hmm. that ought to say something. That's going. That's something you know wonky going on there. So I'd be curious to see either one of y'all how how y'all engage with some of those things, especially in this era of Me Too, Trump. That I know both of y'all were very excited about, you know. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting reelected in 2020. Yikes! No, <laughs> I'd rather vote for Don't Kanye West. Put that in the universe. <laughs> like I'd <laughs> rather vote for Kanye West. That Mueller report gave him a huge. Goodness gracious! <laughs> um, I think I think one of the things that I can just like note on is like the body shaming thing, mm-hmm. which is like. It's really weird because like I am like I'm it's just, it's just like weird. So um when I was younger, um like basically I have like a weird form where like my butt pokes out and <laughs> that's just how I am. Like that's how I'm made. And so I wouldn't be able to wear like certain kind of like skirts and stuff. Like I couldn't wear like like a pencil skirt, like mm. how the how we were supposed to wear if if you're an usher, because I was an usher. <laughs> didn't did not ask to be. Did did you wear the gloves? The white oh, yeah. gloves. Oh, of course. You wear the gloves. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I had a pin too. I had a pin that wow. said my name and it said that I was See, the usher. It's universal. I did too. I had a cummerbund and the white gloves. What? Yeah. I could come see on. You being an usher. <laughs> <laughs> See, so funny. Um, yeah, I was a junior usher and then like a regular usher. But um, anyway, and they go. still yeah. They're funny. There's anyway. Um, I used to not be able to wear like pencil skirts because like my grandma said that like people are gonna like look at me funny and like stuff like that. So like that was always like weird. And I would tell my mom, and my mom is like, "What? That makes no sense. You're a child. Like no one should be looking at you. And if they are, you tell me." So I would only be able to wear like like flowy, like silky, like baggy skirts, mm-hmm. which was like. Really annoying, and that just like definitely boosted my self esteem. Psych, like it just made me feel like even worse about myself, and so like stuff like that, like really like turned me off from like the church. Like as I like got older, like as I got older, like it just started to get old. Like I was coming into my own self, like mm-hmm. doing my different hairstyles and like doing like terrible makeup that I thought was cute then, <laughs> and people. Like in my church, just like talk a lot. I wonder if anyone from my church like listens. <laughs> but I mean, they won't know. Well, they won't. But but yeah, that was that was strictly on my dad's like Baptist side. Like on my dad's Baptist side, it would be like women can't do this. Like you shouldn't wear this. Like this is how you should act. Like you should not talk. You should talk, be seen and not heard. Like stuff like that. And then on my mom's side, it was completely different. Like, Hmm. I feel like on my mom's side, like, they were much more, like, open. And they were just, like, like, you would would think that would be the opposite. Because the reason, like, my great-grandma, like, they started the Bear Sisters. But they originally wanted Hmm. to be an R&B group. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. Like, they wanted to sing doo-wop and all that. Mm -hmm. And my my great-grandma's dad wouldn't let them. He's hmm. like he's like you sing 
music for the Lord or you sing nothing at all. And they was like, okay, I guess we singing music for the Lord. And so, um, like, you would think that it would be way more strict on that side, but, like, they were, like, way more, like, accepting and free-flowing. And I've always been into astrology, so, like, I would say stuff like that, and they would be fine with it. Like, they would let me wear my hair how I wanted. They would let me, like... Hmm. Yeah, they would, like... Yeah, they would let me lead, like, programs, and I was, like, young, so... um, And also a woman or a girl then, but... Um, yeah, it's just, is things like that have like really turned me off in the church. Like I literally, I told, I don't know if I told you about it, but I went to church like for the first time, like in a long time, I went to the church that like I grew up in because mm-hmm. my other uncle got ordained as a pastor and, um, went there and my cousins was flaming me for my hair. Like, I'm just like, like I came here, for went out of my, yeah, it was like, it was like big and like poofy and curly and they were just like, she needs a hot comb and stuff like that. And just, I'm just like, I came out here for, to support my uncle, not to be like attacked and like, yeah. And there was also something that I'm like ranting now, but there was something <laughs> that used to happen a yeah, lot. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But there was something that used to happen a lot. So my uncle, the church that I grew up in, like, well, my dad's side, my uncle was the pastor, right? Mm-hmm. His last name is Dumas. My last name is Dumas, right? So we were, like, always, like, scrutinized. Like, the Dumas family, like, she doing that, she doing that. So, like, everyone always looked at us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, some weird, like, first family type bullshit. But um, can I curse on here? Oh, this okay, profane cool. faith. Come on. Okay, great. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it was always, like, some weird, like, first family bullshit. And, but what my uncle would do, I I was a great student. Like I did, I had so many accomplishments. I did a lot of stuff. And every time I would tell my uncle, because he's a pastor and he would like say stuff about like other like kids and stuff like, but he, he only talked about one kid and he talked about this kid and his kid's name was John John. John John. John John. All right. Uh, it's always the names in the church that, like, you take the first syllable of their name and, like, repeat it. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. his name. No, T.T. So he was. So John his, John. His dad's name is John and he's John Jr. So we just called him John John. All right. Hey. I don't know. But and he anything that he did, he wore a suit. He wore a suit to church on Sunday and it was like, don't John John look nice today, y'all? And yeah. it's like, I'd be like, hey, um, I just won like the regional spelling bee. Crickets. No one knew in the church. No one. Yeah. But John John wore a suit this Sunday. And that's what we're going to talk about. And it's mm. like, I'm like, first of all, like, like he, and he only did that with like, like boy, like upcoming boys and like men and stuff like that. Like he's mm. like, he's that boy. He's going to be a deacon. And that's, and it's like, well, what about your literal niece who is like, like, I'm like, hey, can you talk about, like literally when I got accepted into all of my schools and I told him the school that I was going to, I told him it was Central Michigan and he was like, she's going to Michigan State. I was like, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I am not. Like, that was just one thing that also like turned me off. I was like, I, no, don't, that's even, deep. I don't even get appreciated here. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Gigi, what about you? Yeah, um, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm obviously like thicker, um, bigger bones. <laughs> I have hips, I have a butt, I have all the things. And so um yeah, and I think gr- especially growing up in the church, like that's where you form your sexuality, that's where you form hmm. like so many like that's where your body is developing. Right. Um and like that's where you that's your community at the time. Mm-hmm. And so like 
the the people who are holding you accountable are the people who are shaming you Mm. and so that eventually becomes internalized right and like that becomes like something that you believe and that you actually believe for yourself and so I think that became like such an issue for me because like um like my mom she like she's you know the same as me like she's you know bigger bones um whatever whatever I was tall <laughs> so <laughs> I was like you know like big bone and tall whatever whatever and then all my brothers and sisters like they're super skinny hmm. and so like even me and my sister we are a year and a half apart and like we would wear the same things or like the same clothes and stuff mm-hmm. and it would look different on me than it would on her mm-hmm. and so I had to like do things di- differently um because of i can't tell you how many times because also i'm very uh i'm very much so like i'm gonna make a statement you know Mm -hmm. type of person like even with my hair with um like what i wear Mm -hmm. and so like i will go to church and i will wear tight ass pants whatever whatever (laughs) and like i will literally have men come up to me like deacons in the church come up to me and say you're not allowed to wear that, blah, blah, blah. But like the same fucking, excuse me, the Yo, same deacons that was it. like looking at me. And so I'm mm. just like, y'all, first of all, like that's where I saw, like I, that's where I became disgusted hmm. with like just the, the, um, the control and like, like, like the control of like men Mm-hmm. especially in the church where you want to you want to have the access to like be able to to see women um and like be have the like to be like pleased and like have like mm-hmm. this pleasured like vi- like look at women or whatever and Come you want to you want to be able to have that privilege but then you also want to police women and what they wear mm-hmm. and so yes it was just like I'm like even at a young age, even like at 15, 16 years old, I understood that. And then therefore I, I made a statement about that because, because like, um, I was like a person that like, you know, led people in songs. I like did worship leading my dad. Like he is a guy of integrity. So like he, he had me, he empowered me to like, you know, be in leadership at the church or whatever. Hmm. And so that was that experience. But then like, being on my own and like seeing it for myself where like I don't have like a man of integrity like empowering me to do that Mm -hmm. um was just like really hurtful like it was really hurtful because it was unfamiliar to me and then also it was like the same people that are supposed to be the people that got my back or like my community are the same people that are policing me and like (laughs) the same people that are policing me hurting me and um don't care about me as a person that's in their community and so i'm just like that's something that created a lot a lot of hurt um and something that created like a lot of pain um Hmm. because that's where you that's where you form all of your understanding of like sex that's where you form your understanding of like even with like purity culture and all of that like um (laughs) <laughs> you have 
youth leaders or you have like I didn't I didn't grow up with like youth leaders or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. I don't know, like I think in mass majority like evangelical spaces like you have these youth leaders who are like don't have sex blah 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 blah. and it's like that's where you're forming your understanding of sex that's your sex education (laughs) it's like just as if like it's in a school in a health class you know like this is another institution where you're receiving education about sex that is false (laughs) and like not it's not um good education and so i think it's where you develop your understanding of sex is where you develop your understanding of your sexuality and it's where you develop your understanding of your body and getting to know your body. And so I think that it's very church has been a very toxic space Mm. for that. Um, and it's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to like fix that shit because it's really, (laughs) it's really bad. Like it's really bad. Like, yeah, but hopefully people like, make statements about it i don't know there's like this church too thing i think yes yeah there is yeah. well i mean let me, well, so, all right so let me ask you all this and then well, I, I definitely want to talk about uh roommates of rage podcast but so there's folks who are looking at you know what can be done and since y'all are of that age group that most churches are kind of salivating over right now, right? You know, I'm not going to go into any names of re- Christian research institutes that are, mm-hmm. you know, keep talking about the young people. And we're going to bring them back and, you know, we're going to reach the millennials. And, and you know, now, the, again, Pew Research dropped the Gen Z. And it was just interesting because Newsweek this week, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I was just talking to my class about this, uh, was, was saying the new study is on Gen Z, Gen Y, and they're like, pushing the millennials to the back and they're saying this generation is even bigger and everything and the like, millennials were like wait a minute what about us we haven't even forgot i was like yeah i know welcome to the party that's how gen gen xers you know because i'm an xer mm-hmm. uh feels but what what do y'all think can be done or should it be because some people are just saying you know what it's it's done bucket it. it's done it's over with it we need to just tear it down and just start completely new so i don't know i mean what what do y'all think in terms of church spirituality theology Cause you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, y'all are smart. You know about there's all kind of different interpretations of sexuality in the Bible. To talk about biblical marriage, that really benefits a man. Cause you know, if I if my wife can't give me anything, then I can go to the the handmaiden, and I or I can go to the the servant, and she can hook it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What y'all think? <laughs> you go ahead. I don't. I mean, I, so I definitely, like, I definitely, um, believe in, like, like, I definitely think everyone, I don't think anyone should navigate life through alone, right? Like, I don't, I think that community is super important, um, for, for anyone, um, any human being, and I don't think we can navigate through life without that, and I think essentially, like, that's what church is supposed to be. But, like, I don't know, white people fucked it up. (laughs) Like, white supremacy (laughs) fucked it up. And I just, like, I don't know. I don't have much hope as far as, like, redeem, like, the whole institution being restored right now. But what I am trying to do, like, as an individual is, like, find spaces where I see what church is supposed to be like or what community is supposed to be like. And so me just trying to like find those, like those pieces of like heaven on earth basically. And like trying to find like those pieces of like, of what like 
life is supposed to actually look like once we're thriving, I think is, is what I'm trying to do. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think the church, like as an institution or like as a, a building is going to, is like, it's so far, it's so far, like down the road where I'm just like, I don't have the energy or the capacity to like, to participate in something or like to try to like do it again or something like that. But I am going to try to find like community where um, I'm able to thrive and I'm able to do what I feel called to do, um, which is like being a voice of like justice and like being a voice of like, um, like naming that like God is a God of justice hmm. and like God is a God that like, um, reaches the margins and like reaches the places that like we can't even see. So I think that is like what I feel called to do, but I don't, I don't know how big or how small that looks. Okay. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. And do you got anything to add? Um, I think it'd be best to like tear everything down and build anew. <laughs> like I think like building it anew with like new and like better values is like the only way to like bring the young people back quote unquote mm-hmm. but um yeah that's the only way that i that's the only way that i would even consider like if my church like where i grew up like considered like actually like kind of like looking at like all of the like toxic behaviors that they've like implemented over the years and the monsters that they have created mm-hmm. <laughs> like until they like acknowledge that and like try to like make like a change for the better like I don't think I don't think they're coming back <laughs> but there's also just like so many different avenues to of, of how you can do that like it doesn't have to be like a church where you have to go to like an actual like church into or to a temple and like mm-hmm to like actually like um praise i mean you can you can watch joel osteen on tv don't, don't <laughs> i'm just playing I'm just joel playing. osteen i'm just playing. yes i just and, i just think his name is so funny <laughs> joel <laughs> osteen <laughs> his name is the, exactly how he looks when he like, absolutely <laughs> he it, looks like a joel he did yeah like a joel when he first came out, my grandmother loved Joel Osteen. My mom of course, Joel Osteen. of course, my, yeah, His country ass. Wow, he was yes, he was. Well, and he wasn't at well. He he's always been cheesy looking, but always. he he yeah he was an it was interesting just to see him come to power. But that's for a different uh, conversation because I got a lot to say on <laughs> brother Osteen. Joel, um, Joel Osteen. Well, this is interesting. Now, this is this is good. Um, but let me ask y'all this: um, Why podcasting, and what what is what is your podcast about? For those who are out there listening and curious mm-hmm. to know, what's the, what's the rage? So we're the roommates <laughs> of rage because we're roommates and we rage and a we lot. Be raging. <laughs> we're I don't want to say we're always angry, but I feel like um, being able to talk about it like on a mic and like have other people like listen to it it's just like so therapeutic it's like we're raging and we're angry and we have every right to be and we talk about it and it's about stuff that like people like also care about so it's like we talk about like being angry and we talk about like healing processes of being angry we talk about like food and also like relationships and all of the anger that comes with all of that stuff but like also the joy that comes with that stuff because 
being a black woman like and being called angry is like disgusting and it happens a lot like hmm. even without like you realize like even without you not even being angry so like um i just think it was a way for like us to like reclaim that like to reclaim like being angry and it's like there's a song by Solange Knowles and it's called Mad and it's like I have the right to be mad and it's like we do we have the right to be mad and we will not elaborate <laughs> no yeah. like we have the right to be mad about whatever we're mad about and we don't have to explain why we are hmm. like we shouldn't have to no one else has to explain why they're mad about something they just have the right to be in their anger and be mad and call the police you know but like that was just like a direct <laughs> thing to white women who like call the police and like but um yeah like just like being angry and like raging about things like capitalism which is like which sucks which is why we call roommates of rage because we're yeah. like talking about rent too also like <laughs> rent i think yeah. it started like we were this is like taking our living room conversations and putting it on a platform or mm-hmm. on a podcast platform because like we live together mm-hmm. and we'll literally come home and we'll be like this shit happened to me blah 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 um guess what i had to deal with today and that's mm-hmm. i think that's like what it encompasses too is like our daily encounters with like whiteness and mm-hmm. our daily encounters with like the world and society as a black woman mm-hmm. and like what we like the stories that come with that and then like the trauma that comes with that and the rage that comes with that mm-hmm. and actually like having conversations in our living room about it um and putting that in a platform that is of a podcast so yeah. That's well, I, like I said, I love it. I mean, I love the I love all the topics. And for those of you listening, as always, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, what are some things that uh, are, are topics that y'all, are, you know, get into? Um, yeah, we talked about being black and mm-hmm. in academic settings. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yes. I think that's what's so cool about the podcast because we talk about these things and it's and it's living room conversations that we have, but it's living room conversations that like a lot of people can relate to. Okay. Like people can relate to like the things that we're saying and people can relate to just being like, oh, I remember the time that this made me so mad. And like, yeah. So something else we talk about is like interracial dating too. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Being a black woman and dating yes. outside of your race. Yeah, and the agency of black women yeah. who just decide to even date because men are trash. No, I will not elaborate. No. <laughs> you got to watch the new, you got to hear, listen to the new episode then. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely tune. Yeah, we talk about um, the process of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about rage and how rage is healthy. Mm-hmm. Rage is one of the stages of um healing yeah and so um yeah we kind of like synthesize that also we're a little problematic so if you're looking for something that's like a little problematic because yeah we we speak our minds we do and we we have a lot of like un like settled like jokes and stuff (laughs) that we get but you may not get you may take it literally but it's not really literally so. none of it is literal y'all yeah. oh y'all gotta yeah you gotta hear those those are those are good <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah yes so. well let me before we wrap up here let me i'm trying a new bit here on the show and so i i'd love it just so four categories so i'm going to go through headlines that are right now in this day and age and i would love to hear either hell yeah or yes no or hell nah okay. does that make sense yeah so i'm just gonna get us all right so 
right off the top. Boeing 737 Max. What? <laughs> Huh? The Boeing 737, the ones that crashed, the two planes, the boat. Oh. oh, 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 weren't those like United or something? No, well, I mean, it's just, just the company. Y'all, did y'all hear about that? About the company, yeah. they were charging extra for all the extra software stuff. And, what? and the, so the pilots couldn't get it. This and is so news they, to me. They I don't. <laughs> crashed and killed everybody on board, 350 people. What? And Boeing's like, like oh, under the was gun that right the, now. What happened in um, Eritrea or Ethiopia? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, hell no! I guess I don't know. <laughs> like, what, like as in, in terms of like what, like. Well, I'm just I'm just curious. What 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 did y'all hear or what? Y'all... Um, I just thought it was sad. Like I heard about the car crash. I mean, car crash. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. It's all good. Um, I heard about the plane crash and I just thought it was like sad. I seen some stuff about it on Twitter, but looky like my capacity for like hearing like that many people like dying is just like i can't no yeah <laughs> all right let me ask y'all this confederate memorial day declaration confederate hell no, memorial. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> my wtf that's my answer what the fuck? <laughs> all right all right um apple apple news the new nine dollar subscription to their news or ten dollar subscription a month. nine dollars hell no when i can get twitter for free right <laughs> hello um, or just any google any... access anything <laughs> what that oh. lady say google all right all right google that's right <laughs> um donald trump hell no so what about jesse smollett Ooh. oh <laughs> i'm gonna go with a hard no okay mm. all right hmm. just a hard no just a hard no not hell no G-G. but a hard no <laughs> um i'm gonna go with i'm not gonna go with the hard no but i'm gonna go with the no Shit. Okay. CPD right. is corrupt. I don't know. Yeah. So like, it's like a no because like, what he like if 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 it is fake, like just like how they already don't believe queer black people anyway. So, so it's like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because of like there is like a privilege in like having money and mm-hmm. like being able to pay off you know all of that shit. You yeah. Know, blah blah blah. But yeah, what were we gonna say? Oh, I was just saying, like, they already, people already don't believe queer black people when things happen to us anyway. So it's like, if he's, like, fabricating this story because of that, then that is just, like, messed up on all Hmm. accounts. Because then what happens when, like, this actually happens? Everyone's gonna, like, first of all, it's not gonna get as much, like, national coverage as his did. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and this happens every day. Like, it's it's what, like, um, April and, like, I think, like, 30 eight like black trans people have already been killed like mm-hmm. you know so it's like those things don't get national news but like this story that he fabricated and it isn't even true but like also it's not hell no because cp because chicago police department is fucked like mm-hmm. they be lined up like i will never side with them like low-key like jesse has to really tell me that he What's didn't somebody do it say, i'd rather be wrong than side with P- cpd and then Absolutely. be right yeah absolutely hmm. like hmm. even if even 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 if jesse came out and was like i did i did fabricate it like 100 percent. like i still be like that's fine but cpd shouldn't have did all that bullshit like <laughs> <laughs> in no way like and it was just crazy i'll go to my grave everyone was like everyone like, was like the, the, what cpd said this or chicago police like what like you believe them like i well let I, me ask this then so on that then what about the new chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot. I have a shirt that says 
<laughs> Queers against Lori Lightfoot. No cops. No cops. She is a cop. She's she a also cop. covered up Rakia Boy and Laquan McDonald's death. She was on um Rom hired her. Rom hired her to do the shit. <laughs> to do the dirty shit that she did. Um it's, yeah. It's so unfortunate that like around the world it's like, oh, Chicago Alexis first black gay. She's mayor. not the next Harold Washington. Yeah, like she's not like and it's like it's like there was this tweet. It was like everyone else is like, wow, Chicago elected his first black gay mayor. And then it's like Chicago queers. It's like, no, we didn't. Yeah. And we that's didn't. the thing. I, have a, I could go on and on about this girl. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, there was a meme of her, like, never mind. No, this is. There this was is... like a meme of her in that Ice Age animal. <laughs> her face was next to her. The Ice Age animal. The sloth. The sloth. The sloth? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, she looked just like her. Oh, she does look like <laughs> Sid. That's so Anyways, wow, funny. Wow, that is... Anyways, like, I was just, I just <laughs> thought of that like meme. Sid. But like, like Sid. But, like, first of all, if you're, like, if you're actually listening to the voices of queer people and, like, of black queer people, like, you understand that she's not for black queer people. Yeah. And so, like, that's who... that's. That's everyone that looks like us aren't for us. You understand, like, who is actually listened to and whose voices are mm-hmm. actually at the center of the conversation mm-hmm. because, like, you know, people up north are the ones who voted for her. People, yeah. like, people who are middle class, like, even black women who are middle class and live up north in Albany Park and Uptown and all them places, hmm. like, mm-hmm. they're the ones who voted for her and are for her. And so it's like, yeah, and like, you're not liberal. listening to the people who you're saying that she's for. And, yeah. Also, like she, yeah, just, she's a black woman, openly gay, whatever, whatever. But it's like that doesn't mean that that's history either. Because if you're doing the same shit that's happened before, that's not that's not history. It really isn't. <laughs> and so, yeah, we yeah. got an Uber the other day, and that lady, she was like, yeah. she was like low key advocating for Lori Lightfoot, and she was like, don't vote for her. And, she, and the white lady was like, huh? Like what? <laughs> She's like, oh, I guess I have to do more research. Like, girl, the election's tomorrow. What do you mean? <laughs> Literally, yeah. If y'all want some more resources on Lori Lightfoot, listen, hit me up. Because, yeah. Well, okay, so two more. And then, then I want to get to to y'all where, where, where folks can find you at. Um, mm-hmm. Taxes. Tax season. It's upon us. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. I already did my taxes, though. But I did it through TurboTax, so it was oh, like okay. it was like super. I got like the free college edition. I'm working on mine right now. Yeah, I'm pain in the ass. Yeah, it's just like not fun. I've done a lot of internships, so like I have like all of these like stupid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Things that I don't know how to file. But yo, I still haven't gotten my state taxes back, so I don't know what's going on, Illinois um, government. So at um, Illinois government, well, if you're listening, Pritzker, you know, can you please give on. me the rest of my money? What the hell, Pritzker? You know, he's he's taking care of the black folk, right? You know, he's got him uh, black. No, nothing. <laughs> All right, Nipsey Hustle. Let's end on him. Who? Um, Who is that? Stop! <laughs> what are you, you don't know Nipsey Hussle? No, I'm just playing. Oh. No, I remember that early. We weren't even recording yeah, yet. Yeah, he was like... <laughs> <laughs> what um, are his songs? It makes me really sad, the fact that he was like... That he is like gone. Like, things like that, like, I take like very... Like, to heart. Like, I really can't... Like, I don't have the... Like, I just Yeah, can't. I think I think I'm the same way. Like, even seeing you on social media, whatever, whatever. I haven't really like... 
I haven't really like carried it because I'm just like I just just black bodies have been become so disposable anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like I I I don't even know how to like deal with it. So it's just like something that's there. It's not something that I feel the need to post about or like that I feel the need to like. Um, and not that I shouldn't or that I should, but it's just like I don't know. I'm numb to like the hmm. death. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah. It made me really sad. Like definitely. Like but like I said, like I didn't I don't know him for his music or anything. I only know him like on account of like Lauren London. Hmm. Like that's it. But that's what makes me feel even sadder because like I love Lauren London. Like okay. I yeah. love her. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It is really random, but like I, <laughs> I do really love Lauren London. Like I don't like ever since she was Nunu and ATL, like I just I'm like, oh, I love her. Nunu and Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. earrings yeah. with Nunu. I loved her like, then, but I'm just like when she got put on the game, it was just like she was really annoying. Oh, but I oh she was on the game. I love her on the game. She's not a good actress, but I just love her. <laughs> like I just really like She's her not- being places though like she just like, like her presence yeah she just be there and it's like oh that's lauren london she had cute little wayne like that's amazing i love it that is hilarious see <laughs> this is why y'all need to go and listen to the podcast roommates of rage where can folks find y'all where can you know they want to bring y'all out and have y'all do an event and pay you a nice 50 grand 100 Ooh, grand honorarium yeah. absolutely yeah um, so we have an instagram it's roommates of rage all lowercase and we can also be found on soundcloud roommates of rage all lowercase once again um my mm-hmm. ad is cool bitchcraft <laughs> on everything <laughs> <laughs> every single thing yeah cool bitchcraft. um yeah my ad is ggigigi underscore 606 well, 606. All right. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. For those of you who don't know, we they had just recorded two amazing episodes. So the energy it takes to put out. So I thank y'all for hanging in there mm-hmm. and coming on Profane Faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Fun. And if you if you have money, like let us know. Yeah. We like, do, the people we, that are we listening. Will, we will literally like <laughs> we will literally make good use of that money. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to do like I do like this hair event and I'm trying to do like a hair show. Hair politics. It's called hair politics. So there we go. Trying to do like a community hair show. So if y'all got money and y'all write grants, you know, what's up. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Rage. Give us money. Give That's us money, right. Please. No, absolutely. Shoot. Yeah, they do some amazing shows too. So and one of these days it's coming. We're going to do the live show there as well. So cool. Thanks so much, ladies. Yeah.